A good God. How many know that God is a good God? He's a very good God. And He's able to step into our lives. He's able even to show us what we haven't even thought about. Sometimes in life, you haven't, you are even looking for something before you realize you've discovered your own destiny. That was not what you are going to look for. And God makes that he orchestrate our life to bring meaning to it as we trust him. Last week I was very emphatic about something which is always on my heart. That whatever we do, we must have eternity in mind and at heart. In fact, the early father of faith they were not even looking for things that are earthly, but all their faith was geared towards something ahead of eternity. The Bible says some of them, they did not even see them literally on this earth, but they were waiting for a city that is not built with hands. When you have this thing in mind, whatever you're doing, it is done with a pure heart of good intention. And it is done in a way that is not because of men that you are doing, but because of eternity. I want all of us to have eternity in mind. You could be 200 years old, maybe next 200 years that you will die, still there is what we call eternity. So whatever decisions that you are taking, let eternity bear on the decision. I said, maybe I spoke about Esau. You did? Esau did not have eternity in mind. Jacob had eternity in mind. Esau always wanted just to, Esau was hungry, 
The truth is that he was hungry, isn't it? That's the truth and that's the fact. But the fact that you are hungry doesn't mean that throw eternity away. I said it wasn't only Esau that was hungry. Jacob was also hungry. Because you don't cook if you are not hungry. He was hungry and he decided to cook to eat. And you know, after finishing cooking, the hunger, your, uh, your anxiety and appetite goes high. That's the time you don't want to give anybody. So I think he was even in a place where he shouldn't give the, the food. But he looked at the future. Most people don't have future in mind. They have today. If you live only for today, you will die tomorrow. <laughs> but if you die today, you will live tomorrow. If you eat and consume your investment today, you will go what? Hungry in future. But if you go hungry today and invest, like how Jacob invested his food, <laughs> he gained a name and a future and eternity for his family and for himself. Till today I've been saying, Jacob's name still remains spiritually and physically on earth. Even though Abraham is a father, when you're talking about a tribe, about a nation, it is Jacob. If God was to say about Abraham, he would have had only two or few nations. He said, oh, we have two tribes, Isaac. Another one. But when we are mentioning the tribe of Israel, we mentioned 12. And that 12 came out of Jacob. Because Jacob did not eat his future. Jacob was hungry, but he let everything go and sacrificed his hunger for the future. That is what is causing trouble for many of us. We cannot sacrifice today for tomorrow. We just want to swallow everything today. We just want to have our comfort today. We just want to have everything today. But I pray that every member of this church, that is the reason why Jesus came. Even that's the reason why God gave his son. You think if Jesus was looking at the day, his days, he wouldn't have died on the cross. He looked at eternity. He saw himself. You think God could have given, would have given his only begotten son to the world for them to maltreat him and kill him because God himself was looking into the future, into eternity. That if I give one son, I am going to gain millions of sons in future. Yes, sir. Yeah. And now you and I can say we are 
the sons of God. And we sing it. Becoming a son of God, you got it free, but somebody sacrificed. Somebody gave his life on the cross. People think, oh, oh it's easy because Jesus is God. So he went to the angel. Some people say, uh, you know, some even people thought it was an angel. Uh, when he was there, God is changing for an angel. Who told you? He was the one who hung there. He was the one who died. The angel couldn't die for us. Angels cannot feel like how we feel. He came to live a human life at a point it was God that he could do it. He found it very difficult like you. In the garden, he needed help. The son of God needed help like you need help. If I was the one in the garden, I would say, God, enough is enough. I'm not, I'm not the one who sinned. If that son said, my bread, in the garden, Jesus, he asked his three people to come and pray. Just come and support me in prayer. They went there and dozed, slept. Jesus saw them. He said, pray. Peter do it. John. So they hid themselves here and there. Jesus woke them up, woke them up. You know, sometimes when sleep comes, no matter how you try, you can't open your eyes. You see the eyes closing. And that was the time. And that was the time Jesus also needed their help. At the point, Jesus knew this about no matter what I was, instead of me praying, I'll be spending my time waking them up. So let me leave them to sleep. They can do the prayer alone. Man left Jesus alone. Whenever people leave you, your friends, you are in trouble, your friends leave you, you become angry. You think you are the only person. <laughs> Jesus went through that. His friends, those who were, who were with him, those who say, oh, hallelujah. And some of them pride Walking with Jesus because he was creating miracle and miracle was about him. He had a name. And Peter and John, wherever they went, you see Peter, John, Peter here, John here, uh, even including uh, Judas Iscariot. All of them wanted to be identified with Christ because Christ was making name, was making headline news. But when the trouble came, those who were close they all vanish. Those who ate the bread and the fish, they all went, at least, he fed, look, at least 5,000. At least he should have 5,000 people to follow him to the cross. But he took some few women, including one disciple who was far away. I believe he didn't get close. He wanted to find a place. The men said he can, he, can, he can balance himself and go. He was there. Maybe he had political uh, 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 strings here and there. And, and, and he, he, he knew 
people, they say, you know, these are, they can't do anything. The rest vanish, including Peter, the rock on which the church is supposed to be built on. I saw any journey. Um, journey just often. I can't often go now. So don't be disturbed if people forsake you. If you have eternity in mind. So what I'm saying, Jesus went through it. And if Jesus went through it, he passed through and went to the cross. He suffered. He was beaten. You see, he was feeling the same feeling you will feel. If it's not so, then he didn't take your sin. What he went through, if he didn't feel it, then he didn't take your sin. But he paid for that price, even on the cross. When, before he went to the cross, when they wanted to release him, you know they wanted to release him? Dreams came. This man's wife had a dream. Told the man, the man wanted to release him. The authority, he have power to release him. But political pressure. He knew this man have done nothing. But if I release a man, what will people say about me? If I help this person, what do people say about me? So that people want to get close to people who are uh, who have made names, but they don't want to get close to controversial people. If somebody preach a message of repentance, and people don't like the message of repentance, and they start bashing you, everybody will draw. Jesus was left alone. He tried. Until they put two teeth, he brought, he brought a thief, a robber. Somebody everybody don't like. They know this guy, he's dangerous society. So he wanted to play whether the people will accept that person. He wanted a way, a political way to release Jesus. When he brought the man, you see, hatred. If you hate anybody, you can't reason. Hatred don't make sense to the enemy, the person you hate. How many of you have hated people before? <laughs> don't lie. I know your heart. If you hate somebody, even if you preach the best message, it looks like. If you hate somebody and he does something very good, you will still have something to say about it. If you hate somebody, for instance, you hate somebody, maybe, and your house, the road to your house is not nice. It's, there's uh, potholes and, 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 and how do you call it? Deeper than a pothole. trenches and other things. Then this man comes 
and makes the road for you. Asphalt. Because you don't like it, you call him a thief. He said, this guy, if he's not a thief, he's Sakawa. He's Juju money. You will say something to malign him. So hatred do not make sense. Even if somebody is going to, somebody, an enemy is by you, you know this one, he wants to destroy me. If you hate somebody, you will become a friend with the one that wants to destroy you. To destroy the one you hate. Sometimes hatred can make you find people who, you know, people become friends. Not because they are friends. Because they hate somebody. They find somebody who hates this person, then that person becomes a friend. We call it alliance. <laughs> it means we all have a common enemy. But let me tell you, when you finish killing that common enemy, the person will turn against you. Huh? You can laugh today, you can sit down, plan, you can do everything, and you think we are friends. The reason why you are doing it is because there's an objective to destroy an uncle, a cousin, a brother, a sister. But if you finish destroying that person and is no longer there, sometimes enemies can even come together everywhere just to destroy and take two from the job you're doing not because you're bad sometimes you become the one that is standing against their sin if they want to be corrupt and you take the stand as somebody who will not permit and they have to pass through you you become a target then those who don't like themselves, who wanted to come, and they all come and hit you, they will come together, and everybody will begin to hate you. That this is the one who is not able to make us pay our children's school fees. This is the one that is not able to let us get our decent. This is the, you see, they will put all their woes and trouble on you. Then they will come together. Anytime something little happens, you can get people to have testimony against you. You saw the brothers, people to come and testify against Jesus. Even when they brought them to the court and they brought their witnesses, this one was saying this, this one was saying that, and the, two, the witnesses didn't match. Still, the judge says, hey, whether this one, <laughs> the match or the, he said, it doesn't match. They say, look, whether it's matching or it's not matching, the mass man, the man must die. Why did they take him to court? If you wanted to die. Jesus was crucified. On the, on the cross, he died. He was beaten. He hanged on it. There were thieves. They rather said that arm robber be set free. And the well will choose wrong people to go free. 
and will choose the good people to be destroyed. He hung there. And there were two with him. Well, was, where was he going to die? Be executed. And there are the two human beings on earth. One realized I have done something wrong, and that's where we all, we all have to come. If something is wrong, accept that I have wrong. Go to the one who can help you. That is Jesus. One of them realized I have done this and accepted his fault. The other one is like the other people in the world. Two people in the world. One will accept, one will reject. He was also mocking. You, you have sinned. You, you deserve to die. This man don't deserve to die. He said, hey, you say you are this. If you are son of God, come down. And also, Believers. The other one said, You and I, we deserve to die. But this man don't deserve to die. He turned to Jesus and said, I, my life is for eternity. I believe in eternity. So when you get into your kingdom, Remember me. They may take my body. I may be killed. I might not have the chance to live because when they, if the Romans put you on that stick, nothing can release you. He said, I know I'll die. That one, nothing can release me. I know. But I still believe that there is eternity. I believe that life is not here. And we indeed for we have received a due reward. This man has done nothing. Then he said, I love what he said. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, and Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you, today, not tomorrow, today, you will be with me in paradise. Anytime you turn and accept Jesus, that very hour, that very day, the door of paradise is open to you. Eternity becomes yours. He said, look, You've done many things, but today you will be with me in paradise. Where I am, that is where you will be. I want all of us to put our life together, to know that there's a future to live, not only on this earth, but the next world to come. So we don't believe, oh, there is no, uh, no life after death. Some of them, oh, I don't believe there's life after death. I say, oh, why do you lose? What do I lose if there is even no life after death? What do I gain if there is life after death? So live like there is life after death. And it won't harm you. 
there is a life, you have it. If there is none, that is all. So it's better you choose the life after death. But I told him there is life after death. Don't deceive yourself that there's no life after death. God is a good God. He helps us to find his will. He helps us sometimes when we don't even call upon him. Let me read Isaiah 64 from verse 1. Oh, my God. God can step into our life and all of us, the way he stepped into your life, say, oh, that you will rent the heavens, that you will come down, that the mountain might shake at your presence. Oh, me As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. This is the God we serve. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down, the mountain shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by their ear, nor has the eye seen any good, any God beside you who acts for the one who waits for him. This is the God I think we have. The Isaiah in the message said, oh, that what? Oh, the verse one, I love it. Oh, that what? That you will rend the what? The heavens. will be heavens. That you will come down. That the mountain might what? Shake at your presence. Sometimes this is our desire. Our desire that the heavens be open. Our desire that God will rend the heavens. Our desire that God will come down. Our desire that when God comes down, no mountain is able to withstand. The people that are able to open the heavens are the people that have eternity in heart. At heart. When heavens get open, God descends. The presence of God comes. The Bible says when they were baptizing Jesus, John the Baptist, the heavens opened. While he was praying, the heavens opened. And it being like a dove came and landed on Jesus Christ. And said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were what? Open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Whenever heavens open, something happens. Heaven releases God present himself. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. The Spirit of God himself came upon Jesus. From that day, Jesus was no longer the carpenter. 
From that day, he wasn't the ordinary man again. From that day, Jesus started his ministry and knew the purpose why he kept this well. From that day, he wasn't a hidden man again. Everywhere he went, demons were running away. The whole earth was shaking. From that day, people say, oh, we haven't heard about Jesus. Yes. We heard something about him. when You know, when he was born, there were certain drama. The angels came. Everything was happening. After the birth and the listen, we never heard about him. People say he went to India. I don't care where he went. Uh, 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 what I know is that Jesus is still alive. Uh, but, <laughs> but at 12 years, we also heard something about Jesus. At that time, he was in the house, uh, uh, was in the house of God. I think they were traveling and the parents were looking for him. He went to God's house and he sat down. He was exhibiting intelligence. He was very, very intelligent and was facing the, the teachers of the law. He was asking them questions they couldn't even answer. And this guy, he was very intelligent. And that's as far as you can go if you don't have the Holy Spirit on you. He never healed. He never did anything. Miracle. Until the Spirit of God came upon him. When you read the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38, he said, how God anointed Jesus Christ of what? With the Holy Spirit and with what? With power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. The devil will have his day. When people do not, are not filled with the Holy Spirit, the devil was having his chance. When Jesus, the Holy Ghost hadn't come upon Jesus, but the day the Holy Spirit came upon him and he took the book of Isaiah and he opened it and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me with, <laughs> to do A, B, C, D. You know, you know how he, 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 he's manifesto. That's why he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? To heal, to preach the good news. You cannot preach the good news if the Spirit of God is, upon, is not upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is the one that put that vein, that strength, and that power for you to bring good news to people. Yes, it's not only speaking how many good news the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? To preach the good news to the what? To the what? To the what? No wonder. Everywhere Jesus went, he preached the good news to the poor. Those who are poor, spiritually poor, sometimes people think they are rich, but you see them, they are naked in the spirit. Spiritually naked. Spiritually poor. They stand there, they have all their cars, their monies, but his demons just jump and dance over them. Poverty in character, very poor. They have all that they have, but their character defect. So when he comes, it's not only to make people have dollars and cities. 
It is to have enrichment in your life. For you, your vision to be enriched. Being rich is not dollars. I may have nothing, but I can be rich. Riches are always a millionaire status. It's not having million. It's an attitude of millionaire. Poor man's statue is not because you don't have money. It's attitude. Let, them, let us take all the monies in this world. Let's distribute equally to everybody. I give you within a year, some will become millionaires, some will become poor. Whatever you give to the person, he'll come back to his. It's an attitude. So I may not have money, but I'm rich. Then Jesus said, let the poor say, I am rich. It means that the person is poor. <laughs> but he's saying, I am rich. I have the attitude of being rich. I might not have money in my pocket, but I am still rich. Just like having all the dollars in your bank account, but going to town without anything in your pocket, you, have, you want money, you want to, something to buy, uh, 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 what is that? Pure water. That tests it, but you don't have money in your pocket. At that particular time, you look like anybody who don't have money, but you have something there. But you know yourself that, look, I'm not poor. You have something. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let the heavens open today and let the glory of the Lord rest upon you. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal what? The broken hearted. People heart. People have got broken hearts. They've been, you know, this world, you can't go through this world without being, going through that. People will break your heart whether you like it or not. You don't need permission. The world is full of broken heart people. Sometimes, the reason why people behave in a certain way is because of what they themselves have gone through. So now when you are treating somebody somewhere, I know this one has a problem. They carry their problem to others. They think everybody hate them. They see you, you smile to them. They think you are laughing at them. You stop and cry. And they say, this guy, he doesn't like me. Whatever you do, they have interpretation for it. You give him something, you see the person suffering, you give him a shoe. He said, the guy thinks I'm poor. <laughs> you give him a birthday card. He said, the guy has insulted me. Look at the kind of card 
he's brought to me. You don't give him. He said, you don't think about me. <laughs> so you can't live in this world pleasing people. But you can't please everyone. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach what? Whenever God's spirit rests upon men and women, they carry the good news. You cannot have the spirit of the Lord and preach bad news. Your life should not preach bad news. Your life should speak good news. Wherever you go, people will just say, this guy. Jesus' life, when people are hungry and it's around, even though there is no bread, five loaves of bread, the spirit of the Lord upon him is able to multiply the five loaves of bread. He went and any place he went, the blind, the spirit of the Lord around him says that, look, this is not how God wants us to live. This man can see. Sometimes we wish something happened, something good happened, but we don't have what it takes to let it happen. What it takes to let something, that thing happen is the spirit of God. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? To preach what? Good news to Hujibo. Tell the other person that the poor need good news. You see, poor people don't need bad news. Already, their life is bad news. You don't need to tell them bad news. What the poor people need is good news. If we get to a village and they are poor, what they need is what? Good news. They already know. That's not the same for you to work on them. You, you are lazy. You are not making a change. Look at how you are and insulting them. They are not lazy. Sometimes people try you. Sometimes they play, they put you. Sometimes it's not your fault. You are born in a village. Why there's no school? How can you speak English? Your chief, everybody, no school. And you've grown under that condition for all your life. 15 years, your worldview is a village view. Yeah, you gotta, you know, you know, you gotta make two know as if you are a champion. You are nothing. <laughs> Sometimes you feel you are better than them. You are not. Do the reversal. Be born there. Let him be born by your parent. And see. You will find out that you will remain poor. Sometimes conditions can also create it. Even though sometimes it is ourselves. But not all the time that people decide that I want to remain in this way. Sometimes they are positioned wrongly. And thank God for that. We need all of them. Jesus said, look, the poor will always 
be with us. It simply means that, look, no government can eradicate 100% poverty. They can reduce. Every government should try to reduce poverty by eradicating it. Is a, even America, they can't. You will still, Britain, you still have, a, how do you call them? Those who sleep, home, if I say, homeless. At Ghana, we don't have homeless. Ah. Africa don't have homeless. It is if you decide to become homeless that you become homeless. Because of the kind of uh, society system we operate. If you want to be homeless, you come to Accra, you come and sleep at the, somebody in front of somebody's shop. That one is an intentional uh, uh, self-imposed homeless. <laughs> he sat there and then he then put up, before he realized, he put up some small table. Uh, listen, you realize the homeless has built a house and they say renting houses uh, uh, to people. So that's why I call it's a temporal, uh, uh, it's an intentional one so that he will rent. They become landlord. You can ask someone, the, the landlord that you sit in, they were homeless. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. And also to do what? Huh? He has sent me to do what? To heal the broken hearted. This world, in the last days, many people's hearts have been broken. Women, you think it's only women who get broken heart? I'm a pastor. I see men, their broken heart is more than women's broken heart. My heart. <laughs> the heart. People <laughs> say, oh, I said broken heart. They say, oh, ladies. No. Men disappoint women. Women disappoint men. This world, human beings disappoint. That is the general rule. That <laughs> the general rule is that once you're a human being, it's not because the person is a woman or the person is a man. Is a nature of human being that they disappoint. So I'm not only saying only women that are, have broken heart. Men have serious broken heart. Sometimes some of them almost, uh, 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 I don't use that word. Uh, 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 they think somehow. Some of them, if you see them drinking, they're drunk and they walk like this. It's not because he was born a drunkard. Broken heart and anything when he drinks, he can forget it. But that's temporary forgetfulness. You can just temporarily, you see, just like uh, temporarily covering sometimes, hey, I don't want to see it there. You close it. If you open your eyes, it is still there and you're wasting your case. So drinking is not a solution. Jesus is a solution. A 
by some of us. Say, oh, pastor, broken heart. Broken heart. Sometimes your job, you haven't planned, you are going on retrenchment. They just tell you, we don't need your services again. Your children are, thank God for the, uh, the free, uh, we thank God. Yeah. yeah, your child can go, it's good. At least we've been cushioned a little. But if he's going to boarding school, he need or she need something small. Isn't it? Huh? If she finish and she want to continue to invest it, Even Legon, public school, which is free. Is it free teaching? Oh. See, the fee you pay for Legon can't pay the lecturers. Just use your feet. If they have to charge you proper. Charging proper, school fees don't do anything. People think the university, oh yeah, it's kaboom. Hi! I am telling you, you can ask this man. The fees is nothing close to running a university. If private universities have to charge real fees for that, people can pay. Our economy can. They say, oh, school fees in a private school head. So it's not easy. Even going to university and getting a job. And here too, I think, when you want to go for student loan too, you need somebody, is this need loan? You need somebody to guarantee. And almost everybody have guarantee for somebody. Your father, too, is a farmer. He doesn't pay in it. So it's difficult for your father to guarantee for you. And I'm a boy. So after that, it's always there. Broken heart is always everywhere. You send to bring good news. The church is supposed to bring good news. Members of the church supposed to bring good news. Everywhere you go, I think you must bring good news. If you are a Christian, when you enter, there's a trouble anywhere, you get there. There must be good news. When people are having broken heart, you should be able to mend it together. Give them ways that to encourage them to put their life together. So I said, for me, myself, my kids, and how can I encourage somebody? <laughs> Let me tell you a secret. The best, if you want to understand something, and you're a student, and you're learning, teach somebody. 
Whatever you share, you get to know it better. Whatever you keep, you have sometimes in explaining things to people, you then begin to even get more uh, dimension to that. So don't be, don't keep secrets. Don't keep whatever you have. Learn how to share. Help somebody to succeed. If you are doing well in business, help the younger ones that are coming. Give them the principle that you used that made you succeed. It's better for many people to succeed in your family than you alone. Or else, they will, the little success you have, they will come and <laughs> in the morning or day, if they want to eat, it's you. They'll call you. If anybody dies, coughing, they come by. It's you who buy. Everything. So if you help them, then the bedding can be what? Be shared. This one bring this, this one bring there, you two, uh, you bring at least, even if they won't do anything for you at all, if they are able to take care of themselves, they won't come and disturb you. I'm giving you good advice, though. Very good advice. Very, very good advice. Brokenhearted, the poor. And not only the poor, he said he also came to do what? People don't. To open what? To proclaim what? Liberty to the captives. No one should be mentally captured. The Christianity is to liberate men. To fulfill them, what God has called them to be. Nothing should hold anybody. He came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Sometimes, when he said liberty is liberty, somebody who has been taken in war and, and, and he's being handcuffed and his feet are this and no, no, I'm not talking those ones, uh, uh, they are there. But they are mental slavery. Sometimes your mind can make you a slave to sickness, to disease, to any other thing. Jesus came to liberate people that have come that I might set me, that he must set, he must destroy the works of the devil. One of the works of the devil is to keep people, to enslave you, that have come to set people captive. Some of us have been bound by demonic forces. Bound by the demonic forces, powers of darkness, the devil is taking control over you. You cannot control your life. You don't want to do something, but you're doing it. You're a captive. You walk. You are very hardworking. You don't see anything. 
capture your finances. You need to be set free. Jesus came to set it free. You are trying your best. Hard working. But nothing. Like Peter. He said, I have toiled what? All night. Some of us are toiling. The fact that you are toiling doesn't mean that it will bring fruit. There's a difference between toiling and working. You work and work and work and work without fruit. Fruitless work. Hard work, nothing comes in. But God wants you to work and after working, you will see the fruit of your work. You don't take your briefcase, go to town for business. Even the transport you took, you didn't get the money for it. Why? Captive. We must be liberated. I said we must be liberated. He had to set the captive free. And you are not bound. You must have proper freedom. Real freedom. Freedom that makes you serve God well. Freedom from sin and the powers of sin and what sin brings. You must be set free. And people must be set free. That's the reason why Jesus came. I believe that today and this morning, your life will never be the same. It's not only the captive. The devil is the one that wants to always capture you. Jesus said that, you see, you cannot go to somebody's house. He said, unless you bind the strong man. If you don't bind the strong man, he will never let the captive go free. The devil will never let you go free from your poverty. He will make sure, and I've seen that sometimes great people, sometimes I pray, I pray for people, and I see potential people who the devil have made useless. And I see that if this guy should get all what God has made him, the world will be the happiest place to live in. But he will take that person and twist that person and hold that person and bombard your life so that you won't be able to do anything. Sometimes, thank God, people get tired and they want to go and hang themselves. Never hang yourself. Hanging yourself does not solve the problem. Face the situation. Admit it. Don't kill yourself because you can't lead, you can't make things work. Look, put yourself together. Others have gone through it. They have come out of it. Lift yourself up and tell yourself, I am able to make it. And God will help you. Then finally, maybe next week, not only the captive, to do what? To proclaim liberty to the captive and to recovery of sight to the blind. Huh? And to the recovery of sight to the blind. Paul said, I pray that the eye of your understanding will be enlightened. Those who make it and those who don't make it in this world, depending on how you see.
What do you see? Some people see only problem. They're myopic. They're blind. If you bring anything, even if you bring money in front of you, you see problem. Hey! It's money. If it's mine, I'm robbers, you come and attack me. I don't like it. Remember me once them. Sometimes God will not bring you the money. He opens your eyes, open your understanding to be able to get what it is. So if you sit down and sit down, I pray that God will open your eyes. We have physical blindness. I don't think physical blindness is not as serious as mental and spiritual blindness. Physical blindness, you can train your other members eh, to be able to make life. But if you are mentally blind, spiritually blind, you are the most miserable person. Are you getting what I'm saying? I pray. You know, Jesus walked with his disciples. When Jesus resurrected, how many of you have read this story before? When he resurrected, that's early Sunday morning. His disciples were going and he joined them. They were talking. He was talking to them. They were arguing, oh, are you the only stranger? In? This is Jesus they have walked with before. But they never recognized that this was Jesus. Were they blind? Spiritually blind, they were walking with the resurrected Christ. The resurrected Christ was teaching them, but they still can't understand. Until he took the bread and he broke it, and their eyes opened. Were they blind? When they saw it, they said, hey, this is the Lord. By the time they said, this is the Lord, he's gone. <laughs> Elijah's, Elijah's servant, when he got up and saw the army of Syria, he saw, hey, what is it? And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and they vanished. So the person they were walking, they knew him, but their eyes were closed. You can walk with your money, with your future around, but your eyes can be closed. Huh? If your eyes are closed, you won't be able to take whatever it is. I pray that members of this church, your eyes shall be open. So Peter, Paul's prayer is that I pray that the word, the eye of your understanding, sometimes people understanding, the eye of their understanding is they are blind. So whatever you tell them, they won't understand. Even if you teach them how to make money, they won't understand. If you teach them how to marry, they won't understand. If you teach them how to teach, how to, how to train children, they won't understand. Hey, if you teach them how to live, how to overcome sin. So I pray that the eye of the understanding will be enlightened.
Finally, Elisha's servants. They got up one morning and there was an army around them, a siege around them, getting ready to take them captive. They panicked because when you look, look at it, therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there and they came by night and surrounded the city. Look at what And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? When you only look with the natural eyes, your cry will be alas. The cry of a natural man is alas. Pray. Yawo. Nobody should tell me yawo. Tell mawo. Don't add me. He got up and cried. And oh, people say, oh, he doesn't have faith. Look. Anybody looking at it with the natural eye will cry this cry. So that is why you are on a second level. The difference between you and the unbeliever is that you have another eye to see what is happening spiritually. The Bible says that things that are seen are temporal. But things that are not seen with these natural eyes, they are eternal. That is what the story I'm bringing to you. So he saw it. He cried. Was he lying? Was he lying? Most of us are on the level of that servant. Isn't it? When I look by side, I see the problem all around me. When I look by faith, I see the Son of God on my side. Nothing can be against me. Nothing can be against me. I'm making a journey with Jesus. He will never fail me. I'm making a journey with Jesus. He will never fail me. This song was written by Pastor Chasapa. And I love it because of that. And I used to be in the choir. <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't believe me. They used to call us Victory Voices. That was our Victory Voices. And I sing any part, a bochi part. I'm just there to encourage them. And my wife sings the, the treble. Uh, very little in the mist. You see us lickety inside us. <laughs> very powerful. 
when you look by sight, the world will not offer you something that will make you happy. By the nature of this world, it doesn't want to give good news. And good news do not sell. How many of you know that? No good news sell in Ghana, in America, in Britain, any part of the world. It's only bad news. If you like go and give somebody a goat and ask a journalist to write, he won't write. If you like go and steal a goat, <laughs> you don't need to ask a journalist. He will write it. <laughs> because good news <laughs> will not sell. The devil makes bad news sell. So because of that, every day our faith is being bombarded because what we are hearing is not good news. Meanwhile, good things are happening around us. So he saw it, finally. Finally, he saw what? So he answered, do not fear. Tell someone, do not fear. That's where I'm. Fear. Tell your friend, do not fear. Shake the person, tell them, do not fear. Why do you tell someone, do not fear? Do not fear. Why will he say, do not It is what he has seen. The servant is seeing differently from the master. The master is seeing something different. But the servant is seeing the natural realm. The master is seeing the spiritual realm. He said, do not fear because the spiritual realm always overrules the physical. It's the one that makes the physical happen. So I know the source. I know where the source is coming from. Our source is from the heavenly realm. Their source is on the earthly realm. And the heavenly realm is more powerful than the earthly realm. So don't be afraid. The master said, you, 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 go, you, you sit down, men of God, and say, don't be afraid. If you come out, you will see whether you can have the faith to make, uh, do not be afraid. So he saw that the, man, the guy was doubting. Because, you see, what you have seen with your natural eyes can affect your faith. You might be sick from a disease. The doctor tells you something. Bah, you see, you're all there. They say, man, whatever the Bible has said, by his stripes you were healed. That all ran away from your head. <laughs> so he prayed. The answer to revelation is prayer. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. The answer to revelation is what? Yeah. When Jesus prayed, the heavens opened. So he also prayed. So those who don't want to pray, you are doing yourself harm. Friday come. The answer to prayer. What did he do? He prayed. Finally. Let me see. Do not be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah did what? I love it. And Elijah did what? Prayed. And what was his prayer? Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. 
Say, God, open my eyes that I may see. Pray that prayer. Tell Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Some of us, we walk and your opportunity is just by your side. You meet this big opportunity, but because you're blind, you pass by. Sometimes you fight even the opportunity itself. Say, God, open my eyes. Sometimes you meet your husband. Your eyes are closed. You start fighting the husband. Then later you go and say, God, you, I, I have waited for you. Because you are. Say, I brought the man, but you fought him. Say, pray. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a wife. Oh, Lord, but I'm not getting the wife. The women say, you met the woman, but you bypassed the woman. You did not treat her. She asked you for help. You just snub her. That's your wife. Your children's mother. Open my eyes that I may see. Lord, open my eyes. So that's the prayer he prayed. And when God opened your eyes, sometimes the way you behave, the worldly people will not understand you. You see, when you receive Christ and you are talking in some way, people don't think, this guy is not in this, he is not talking reality. Who told you? We are talking what is real. Say, God, open my eyes. Look at what God did. Did God open? Yes. And behold, then the Lord opened what? The eyes of what? The young man. And he saw. What did he see? But was the young man blind? How can a blind man see shadow of listen, horses? Was he blind? No. But why did he praise you? Open his eyes. God, the guy I've seen something is coming to tell you, and you are telling him, God, open his eyes. You that are in the room, you are the one he should pray for. His eyes, God, open. I pray that any opportunity that comes on your way, may the Lord open your eyes. Amen. There are some people that are not opportunity, they are trap. May the Lord open your eyes. So that you will not be entrapped. It is people who are blind that is, you can easily be trapped. So that you can say, oh, I'm intelligent. Hey, it's not intelligent though. It's not intelligent. The devil knows how to play his, he's a tactical being. You know, you remember that the devil was an angel first. Before he fell. Huh? Remember that he was wise. If he wasn't wise, when he entered the serpent, he wouldn't have deceived man. The original man who never had sin cry, he managed to deceive him. Then you. <laughs> I pray that our eyes will open. That the eye of this church will open. That the eye of Christians will open. That the eyes of believers will open. Sometimes some things are happening around Christians, but we play, we, we don't see it. We take it normal. I pray that the eye of believers will open. 
I pray that my eye will also open. And when he saw it, he prayed, Lord, open his eyes. This same man who saw those chariots, when his eyes got open, do you know the one he saw? Even though the old char the chariots he saw were there, they were not the one he saw. The problem may be there. It hasn't moved. The chariot hasn't gone out. They haven't gone back. But he was seeing different things. The sickness hasn't gone, but you're going to see different things. Yeah. The poverty hasn't left, but you're going to see different things. When your eyes is open into the spiritual realm, the physical realm is shut off and safe is lifted up. Yeah. Then Elisha prayed. Oh, I love it. And, and behold, the mountain was what? Full of what? Horses and chariot of what? Of fire. All around Elisha. The mantle he's brought about 10,000 or 5,000 horses and chariot, but God brought more than thousand, uh, 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 more than hundred of thousands of chariot. So when his eyes opened, God's army overcrowded and over, overshadowed the army of that person. He said, don't, don't fear, don't fear. Just pray that God open my eye. Say, God, open my eye. Anything you're taking a decision, ask God to open your eye. Anything you want to do anything, ask God to open your eye. When you're afraid, just pray, God, open my eyes. And when God open your eyes, you go with your chest out. You are not afraid. You are not afraid of your... Somebody, somebody, oh, brother, that's not for me. Hey, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. But who's through inside? But tell God, open my eye. Say, open my eye. It doesn't matter wherever and whatever or who gave birth to you. It doesn't matter your background. God, open my eye. And I will see my future. And when I see my future, I will not sell it. God opened the eye of Jacob. And Jacob wanted his future. He saw his future. So he did not sell it. This man's eye was closed. So he saw only food. And his food he saw physical, and he ate the food and lost his birthright. God bless you all. We have come with